Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. everybody how are you on this wednesday i had the thought this morning by the way uh college football's over now what you know we're, we're, now what what do i what do we what do we do i mean the nfl playoffs are going to tide us over for a little while on saturdays but like now what oh it's a scary thought it's an unfortunate thought but i'm glad you guys are with me Nonetheless, my name is Michael Borky. We're going to talk transfer portal today. Mississippi State added a couple of guys from the portal yesterday. Ole Miss has a couple of extremely important, possibly anyway. I don't know if it's confirmed, confirmed, but Ole Miss has a couple of very important portal pieces uh, visiting at the end of this week, if all goes to plan. So we're going to talk about that today. The portal hunting. State and Ole Miss both. State added a couple. Ole Miss added a safety recently, but who they've got coming. And if they should add more. I had a, I don't want to call it a controversial take yesterday on the radio because I didn't have that. But uh, I did mention something about State and what they should be doing in the portal if they're not already. And I got a little bit of blowback from State fans. And and I think, uh, I think I'm right on on this thing in particular. You know, ask my wife. I think I'm right about everything. But um, in this case, I think I'm right. I think State needs to, uh, to, continue to do something i said it yesterday and got a little bit of dissension so we'll talk about that as well also you know i've spent a lot of time on it here so i'm not going to rehash some of the same thoughts but there is a bit of a uh there's animosity in oxford with how the offseason is going um we'll touch on that here in a little bit as well but i'm glad to see you guys regardless we got a lot to talk about this morning on uh the day after the day college football season ended uh I've also got a thought that um, – tell me what you guys think about this. I'm just going to throw this out there. Tell me what you think about this. Now that college football is over, um, I, it's pretty clear that when I do videos at night, more people watch. And if I'm, if I'm ever going to make something out of this, I need to maximize my audience, right? Uh, the problem is I cannot do this nightly. It's just not in the cards with a two-year-old. I also have a wife that that sometimes wants my presence uh, in hers at night. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Ooh, that was worded terribly. Point is, she likes to spend time with me is what I'm trying to say. Uh, so I can't do it every night. So what should I do? I, I mean, are you, if I switch this to a couple, three days a week, but at night, would you prefer that? Or should I just stick with 8 o'clock in the morning, every morning? Or I'm thinking about cutting it down to, to not every day. Because as much as we love college baseball around here, and we do, uh, I, I don't know if five days a week in April is uh, is going to be good content. You know what I mean? So I, I'm 
trying to figure out if I should do it at night in the evenings because more of you will watch, but I can't do it every night. So would it be better to do like three nights a week, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, uh, or stick with the current schedule? Which would you prefer? I would like to hear from from you guys. I'm trying to figure it out because I would like to to continue to grow this uh, this little live stream. But I, I think the best course of action will be doing it at night. But I can't do it every night, so that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. Either way, so let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. Brownie says, "Good morning, good morning, man. Glad to see you." Doug says, "It's baseball season." Yeah, but it's not baseball season. We've got uh, we got a few weeks yet uh, for for that to actually be something. I don't know what to do for the next few weeks uh, because you know states they have to beat Georgia tonight. Uh, I I think state fans that that have written off their basketball team. It's too premature. Rivalry optics aside, losing to Ole Miss on Saturday did not really hurt you. It's a quadrant two loss as of right now. You hope Ole Miss doesn't crater. If they do, it may turn into a quadrant three. But right now, it's very safely a quad two loss. That is not a crater. It does not kill you at all. In fact, State dropped, what, six spots in the net? They're still in the in the low 40s in the net. That is absolutely, that is absolutely, um, good enough to make the tournament. They are they are without a doubt still in the tournament hunt and probably on the right side of the tournament bubble. And so all they have to do is just play within themselves. They don't have to do anything crazy, and it's a tournament team. So I know Ben Hallen struggles against Ole Miss, and that's frustrating. And I know losing to Ole Miss is something that state fans hate to do, and, and vice versa. You hate losing to your rival. But rivalry optics aside... Why are state fans out on this basketball team? They have given you no, no reason to be out on them yet, aside from rivalry optics. Now, if they lose tonight, I have no argument for you because Georgia is pathetic. Like, they have to win this game tonight. Have to. It is a must win. You don't like to say must win in the middle of January, but Mississippi State absolutely must win this game tonight. Like, they have to. But the people that were out on this team because they lost to Ole Miss, the metrics say you should not be. So give them a chance before baseball starts. You got four weeks. The basketball team has four weeks to give you a chance. I think you should give them a chance because they're still on the right side of this thing. But anyway, yeah, Brian Nitty also says college baseball season. John says it's portal season. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, it is. And, and we are going to talk about that. I know I'm stalling, but we are going to talk about that some. Uh, if I did nights, yeah, it would always be on pod in a podcast, no matter what. Uh, no matter what time of day, I would put this in podcast form for sure. It's always there. Uh, no matter what. Um, Brown Yeti says, the new age question of making online content, quality or consistency? Honestly, I don't know what to tell you. Well, I appreciate your honesty, and, and that's the thing. I, I'm afraid that, I mean, because I'm doing all, you know, I'm doing the content and stuff uh, with with the radio show, it, we're, we're approaching a time where, where my job, and please don't feel sympathy for me. I, I'm I'm aware of, you know, what my job is. It's not like it's difficult, but it is a little bit harder. It takes more of my focus after football season to make sure that we've got good stuff for the radio show every day. I'm afraid if I'm doing this every day in April and May and June, the, the quality is going to go down. Uh, I'm afraid of that. I think, and especially at night, it feels like people are more engaged too. So I can let you guys drive the conversation or I can just stick with this. 
Um, William says it's your call to listen regardless. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. And and that's the beauty of YouTube is if you do miss it, uh, it, it's always there. It's not like it goes away. You know, it's always there. Uh, but sadly, you can't, you know, engage in the back and forth. But I also need to get into thumbnails. That's what people keep telling me. You want growth on YouTube, make better thumbnails. Also, uh, I'm going to start doing shorts. Apparently, YouTube shorts is a great way to build an audience. I'm going to start doing those. And you guys don't have to adjust anything. Uh, YouTube shorts is basically TikTok. Now, you're not going to see me dancing. I'm not going to pull a Jackson Mahomes and get out there and do goofy dances or whatever. That's not what I'm doing. But like 60 second thoughts about, you know, what a, a sports thought or whatever. Uh, I'm going to start doing shorts and, and they're short videos that they will come up in your YouTube feed. Well, I think you have to actually pull up the shorts. They won't just auto populate to your YouTube feed. But when you have the app, you will see them. Uh, I'm going to start doing that as well. Uh, apparently, that's a, another really good way to uh, to get some growth. So uh, be on the lookout for those as well. Uh, Mitchell says, time for some Grizz and Pelicans content, too. I like the show. Keep it up. Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, because did you see Brandon Ingram last night? Did you see that? That sound. I mean, that was as perfect of a three-point shot. That The sound when the ball went through the net. I, I mean, just... I want that sound to be in our ringtone just over and over and over again. Um, Pelicans got off to a horrible start. They're playing much better. No Zion in sight. Doesn't matter. Uh, I think they're going to be active in the trade deadline. Hopefully get somebody like De'Aaron Fox or Buddy Heald. And, I mean, they're in good position to make the play-in after a a pathetic start. But Brandon Ingram's the man. I love him to death. And uh, Ja Morant is special. And what Grizz fans, if you're a Grizz fan, Mitchell, uh, Mitchell, what you have to love about John Morant, aside from the fact that he's a super freak uh, and is just making stunning plays on a nightly basis and and his shooting is getting better, uh, he's a more viable three-point shot. So defending him is going to be a little bit more difficult because for the last couple of years, you just gave him three-point shots, like Russell Westbrook, right? You just you gave him. Um. Just gave him three-point shots because he didn't make them. He didn't threaten you there at all. Uh, John Morant is who people thought – are you ready for – this is a hot take here. This is first take style. John Morant is who people thought Russell Westbrook was. There's a hot take for you. And he has completely and totally and fully bought in on your city. And, you know, maybe he'll force his way out in four years when true free agency comes. I don't know. But when you watch John Morant and the way he acts and then the way he acts about your city, I think you've got a guy that's going to be there for as long as you keep winning like this and keep building rosters around him like this. I think Jaw's a, a, a member of the Grizzlies for a very long time beyond the initial, what is it, seven years for a rookie. He is fully bought in to uh, to Memphis and my god is he a great player. <sighs> He's special. He is special. But yeah, Brandon Ingram game winner last night. That was sick. That was sick. Uh we're cruising now. We're 12 and 10 after that uh, that miserable start. So we're we're working our way back up. I love Brandon Ingram. He's the best. Um do whatever you need to do to catch your bag. Well, this has not provided me a bag yet, man. <laughs> there is no bag here right now at all. But yeah, hopefully uh Hopefully this will become one. That's that's kind of the goal anyway. But uh, anyway, this is more just uh, just kind of for fun. Supplement the uh, the radio show in the afternoon. But 
Uh, Zach says in quotes, we broadcast you live here in Batesville where one Michael Borky has decided to scale the 120 foot cross erected there barehanded. Do it for the shorts. Heard yelling. <laughs> I need to get, uh, I need to get the content game. Don't I? Um, you seen that video of uh, not the, the plane that crashed with the train that came. Um, not that, but, there was a guy that like had his airplane all rigged up with GoPros and stuff. He was just a pilot flying in like these remote mountains somewhere. And uh, the plane stopped working and he jumped out of it with uh, a parachute on and his GoPro and a selfie stick and filmed the entire thing. Um but his plane just stopped working as it was rigged up with a bunch of cameras. And he also had a parachute on. And when he jumped out of the not working plane, he had a selfie stick ready to record everything. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that. If he, As I understand it, if he crashed that plane on purpose, that's a federal crime. So, hey... You know, he got a great YouTube short out of it, though, and a TikTok out of it that got millions of views and is probably making him some money. Uh, But, yeah, if he did that on purpose, which, again, the plane, this single-engine plane, was rigged up with cameras on the wing everywhere, but there was one camera facing all of the, you know, the the machines and stuff, uh, the instruments on the plane, but none of those made the video. None of that shot made the video. Imagine that. And he just so happened to have a parachute on and a selfie stick ready to go when he jumped out of the plane and crashed it into remote mountains. There's nobody around, but still, as I understand it, that's a federal crime. But hey, do it for the uh, do it for the cloud, I guess. Brett says, is it just me or is, the, is it odd that there still hasn't been an official announcement about Weiss Jr. and Savage? I know Kiffin addressed Weiss in the Sugar Bowl pregame interview, but nothing from the school. I, as I understand it, based on recent precedent, they like to announce these things in bunches. Uh, I mean, Charlie Weiss was working for Ole Miss during Sugar Bowl prep. Like, he was in the meetings during prep. Like, those guys are actively working for Ole Miss, and so is Chris Partridge. Uh, as I understand it, they announce, or, you know, nobody's told me this. It's not inside information. It's just what they've done in the past. They announce these things in bunches is what they do. Um there was earlier this week, or I guess the end of last week, Chris Partridge's deal wasn't finalized yet, but, you know, th- they'll work on it. And apparently Chris Kiffin, Lane's brother, uh, was considering, uh, you know, leaving the NFL, coming back to Ole Miss, maybe even in town, potentially looking at places to live. Uh, so I think they're waiting for all that to to be done, and they'll announce it all in bunches. But no, I, I wouldn't look too far into it. Weiss has been working for Ole Miss before the new year. Or I, yeah, since before the new year. And I, I haven't heard much about Savage, but I think he's also at work already. So, no, not too much to, uh, not too much to do there. Man, I haven't been to City Grocery. Doug, I haven't been to City Grocery in nine years. Just because of my job and where I'm located, I, I don't get to, to spend much time there anyway, um, and with a two-year-old and stuff. But 
Uh, yeah, it's been like a decade since I've been to City Grocery. Seriously, I never really went there when I was in college. You know, it was it was mostly just like the library and, and funkies and stuff. I, I never, it, you know, I never really went to City Grocery. I went to Ajax. It's gonna blow your mind. I went to Ajax like three times, four times in my entire college career. I know it's stupid, but. It's really stupid. Chase says, John Morant's on an, is another reminder that the good Lord just reaches down and touches some people, and those guys are just different kind of human beings, <laughs> no doubt. I mean, he obviously is an incredibly hard worker, but uh, that block in the Lakers game, no matter how hard I, I, I work, that's not something that I could ever do, ever. I mean, Jameis Winston tore his ACL like three months ago, and he's already running. If I tore my ACL three months ago, I would still struggle to sit down. They're just built different than we are. Just built different than we are. All right, uh, 18 minutes in, finally getting to the actual topic today, the transfer portal. Uh, Transfer portal, Mississippi State added a couple of guys yesterday. Uh, Jordan Mosley, who's a native of Mobile, depending on your service, was a former four-star wide receiver. Went to Northwestern, only caught one pass this year, and it was in the Michigan game. One catch for seven yards this past season, which was his freshman season. He has transferred to Mississippi State. Now, they also added a a safety, Jackie Matthews, from West Virginia. Uh, That's a plug-and-play guy, is Matthews. Uh, That was a good pickup for State. They needed secondary help. They needed safety help. They got it. An experienced Power 5 guy, and I won't rehash too much of the same arguments that I make about the portal, but this is why I love the portal because Mississippi State lost a couple bodies in the secondary. They needed somebody to come in and fill a gap right away. And instead of having to hope the 18-year-old from, just throwing a town out there, from West Point uh, is ready to play college football after spending the last four years tackling 16-year-old little Timmy, who's an accounting major at Southern Miss or whatever, uh, you've got a guy that has film in the Power Five, that is an impact player in the Power Five, what it's such if you're able to get these guys there's no risk associated whatsoever you can count on a guy like Jackie Matthews to be a producer right away because you've seen it you have film on it you know at the power five level that dude can produce so that was a big pickup big pickup for Mississippi State they needed secondary help and they got it with a guy that has experience at the power five level good film uh he had like six and a half tackles for loss this year uh, so that, that's a big pickup. But on the receiver front and on the offensive line front, it, this wasn't, again, this wasn't controversial, but I did have a couple of state fans kind of push back on me on this. Uh, I said, you know, the raw talent uh, from from Mosley is there, or at least it was in recruiting, and uh, there, there's a reason he was a four-star rated prospect, according to at least one service, and, you know, the, the upside is there. But I said I think Mississippi State needs to continue uh, hunting for a wide receiver in the portal, and I think they need to hunt for an offensive tackle uh, in the portal. I think that's um, – and yes, depending on their academics, Zach, uh, it, yes, they can participate in the spring. Um, if they've enrolled in Mississippi State, if they like, if they didn't have classes to finish at West Virginia or Northwestern, if they were on track, then yes, they can enroll uh, at State here – immediately uh I, I think classes start next week i think uh but you also have like a 10-day grace period after classes start where you can get players enrolled if you need to 
so they've got a couple weeks yet to get enrolled. But yeah, they can if all their academics are in order. And there's no reason to think these guys aren't. I'm just blanket statement. Uh, they can enroll in and participate in spring. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Um, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to take that. That wasn't a shot at West Point. I, I just, you know, wanted to pick random town here. And with all due respect to the good players at West Point, they're not playing against power five defenses or offenses. You know what I mean? But true. They've had a hell of a run. Either way, I think State needs to continue to look at the portal for a wide receiver and continue to look for an offensive tackle. Uh, in part, and when I said that, I got a little bit of pushback, and it was like, well, State has good wide receivers already. They don't need to add any more. Yeah, well, they got the junior co- the number one junior college offensive lineman, you know, so that, no, they don't need that. You're wrong, and it's, you know, maybe I am. Uh, but two things on that front. Um You know, Mosley may be great, but you don't know for sure. He only had one catch in one year at Northwestern, and and replacing Makai Polk is a pretty tall task. Record-breaking receiver at Mississippi State, really reliable, really good player, could get separation. Uh, SEC defenses could focus on him, and he still uh, was able to produce. And yes, Mississippi State does have some talent at wide receiver returning. You get Jaden Wally back, uh, you know, didn't produce – his sophomore year, the way everybody expected, but still a good player. Um, there's some pieces there uh, at wide receiver that you should feel good about at Mississippi State. But if I'm Mike Leach and I'm Steve Spurrier Jr., I am combing the portal looking for guys that have been productive because I think right now there's more unknown than some people are willing to talk about. And by the way, in that offense, why would you ever stop recruiting wide receivers? You can get them. And why would you ever stop trying to get them? There are productive players in the portal at that position in that offense that you can get. It's an easy sell. Mike Leach is an easy sell to a wide receiver. Uh, You're going to get the football. You're going to get the football. We throw it 60 times a game. You're going to get the ball. It's an easy sell. Uh, I think State should continue uh, to recruit wide receivers because there are productive ones in the portal. And I think right now there, there is talent but there's still some questions and you can answer some of those questions with getting another wide receiver from the portal that you know can be productive at that level. I think it's very fair. I think it's very fair um, that uh, to say that. And also offensive tackle, because in the Liberty Bowl, we saw what life was like after you lose Charles Cross and Lashley. I mean, we, we, we saw that and it wasn't pretty. And yes, they did add a junior college offensive tackle. But as you guys know, the adjustment from junior college to the SEC takes a lot of players some time. Ole Miss felt that this year. They added two junior college defensive linemen, great junior college defensive linemen. It took them more than half the season to to really be impactful. It's a big adjustment. And and if you're putting all your eggs in a junior college basket to replace a first-round pick at left tackle, I think that's a mistake. So – State's done well in the portal. These are two good pickups, one with raw talent at a position uh, that you know you can really use, and one is probably an instant starter in the secondary. That's a good pickup for State. Those are two good pickups. They also got a kicker. Uh, so it was a good day yesterday. But I think they need to continue looking for wide receivers and adding maybe even multiple wide receivers. An offensive line, I think, is something that you need to really keep a close eye on. 
because in my opinion, for whatever it's worth, they need to add offensive tackle to that team. They have to add an offensive tackle to that team, in my opinion, uh, or else uh, protection is going to be a big issue. So we'll see if they're able to do it. I'm sure they're going to be able to do it. I'm sure they're trying, but um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's what they need to do. Uh, Ole Miss recently added uh, Aishim Young from Iowa State. That's a instant impact guy, probably going to fill the Jake Springer role. Um, he's a big hitter, apparently struggles a little bit in pass coverage, which is why the Springer role is perfect for him. Downhill player, really good pickup, uh, possibly going to be an NFL guy after this season. Uh, so it's a really good pickup there. But all eyes for Ole Miss are on two players that have yet to commit. There's also, uh, they're on commitment watch for a couple of guys that are currently in the portal on the defensive side. But uh, former Southern Cal tight end Michael Trigg and former Southern Cal quarterback Jackson Dart are currently in the transfer portal. And reports are that, although I guess it's not totally finalized, uh, they're supposed to be visiting Oxford this weekend. And Michael Trigg is the kind of talent that that team was missing this year offensively. I mean, you saw how Kiffin used Kenny Yeboah in 2020. With all due respect to Casey Kelly, who does some nice things, he doesn't have the upside that Michael Trigg has, and uh, they were missing that last year. And then Jackson Dart is uh, is among the quarterbacks that they have recruited, Caleb Williams aside, you know, put Caleb Williams aside, because I think that guy's like number one overall pick potential, uh, and it doesn't sound like that's happening. Uh, Jackson Dart is as talented as any quarterback that's hit the portal. I think more raw talent anyway than any quarterback that's hit the portal. If they are able to sign those two guys, it would be massive. And I, th- I think it's – I really liked what I saw from Luke Altmeyer in the Sugar Bowl. I did. But if you can get a guy with the talent of Jackson Dart to come in and compete with Altmeyer and probably win the job, uh, th- that's huge with life after Matt Corral. They need to add a quarterback anyway, but if they can add this particular quarterback, uh, that would be big time. So they've got to get it done. They need to get it done. Um, the quotes from uh, from Trigg's dad seemed like Ole Miss is, is a clear favorite for his services. Um, I don't know much about Jackson Dart, but they are... Um, those are two guys that are visiting that they need to lock down. They need to lock those guys down, uh, and they would be huge pickups, huge pickups. And, and I can't tell you the number of people that have said to me that Ole Miss has failed in the portal, and I just I don't know what you're talking about when you say that. Because they didn't get Dylan Gabriel, uh, they've added a former five-star running back that is probably the most talented running back that the school's ever had. You know, there's some issues there, no doubt. There's a reason he's in the portal. But raw talent, guys elite. They've added two wide receivers, uh, both of which have Power 5 experience. Uh, they've added two instant impact guys in the secondary. They're soon going to be adding a linebacker that's a day one starter. Uh, there's offensive linemen, there's defensive linemen, a couple of guys that when they hit the portal will be going to Ole Miss. When you say they've failed because they didn't sign Dylan Gabriel, I'll really, I don't know what you're talking about. That is one thing that's gone well for them this offseason, despite the panic uh, from the fan base. And some of it's justified, I suppose. But if they are are able to lock up these two guys, um, 
that would be massive for them. But they need to do it. Chase asking, but for real, what do we think about the Vikings and Dolphins reportedly very interested in Kiffin? Legs are just another week of Kiffin emerges as a candidate. Uh, I don't see why you leave $8-plus million to coach with autonomy over 19-year-old kids to go have an owner, GM, and a, to coach men that are multimillionaires, even if it's the NFL. Well, I disagree with you there. Um, the quality of life as an NFL head coach, there's more pressure for sure. Um because, like, he can go 6-6 six and six at Ole Miss next year, and he's not getting fired. Well, you go 500 for a couple years in the NFL and see ya. But the quality of life is uh, is significantly better as an NFL head coach. Uh, you, you don't have to spend your day texting and calling 16-year-olds and also their moms and their dads and their uncles and their girlfriends. Um, recruiting sucks. Some guys feed off of it because of the competition and stuff, but recruiting men, it sucks for some of these guys. Could you imagine spending your day having to man flirt with 16-year-olds all day? And your your entire livelihood depends on the decisions of those 16- and 17-year-olds? That's tough. In the NFL, if you need a safety, you go tell your GM, hey, we need help with safety. And that's, that's really it. You have a real offseason. And you do get to coach men. There's far less to worry about in the NFL. I mean, it's more structured. Uh, and the pay for either one, they they come up to what Ole Miss is paying him. Um, the quality of life is way better, way better as an NFL head coach. Uh, no recruiting. You get to coach men. You don't have to worry about what they're doing off the field for the most part. I mean, yeah, everybody, you know, it's 53 wealthy guys in their 20s. Some of them do really stupid things, but by and large, it's far less responsibility for you to oversee your roster because you do have a bunch of, of grown men. Things are more structured. It's a better life. I don't think that there's any chance that an NFL team hires him. Uh, people that cover the Vikings, that really cover the Vikings, uh, have their hot boards out, and he's not on them. Um, he's a name that generates clicks and pro football focus can throw it out there and get clicks on it. And that's fine. But if I were an NFL team, I wouldn't hire him. Uh, because if the knock on him is true and he's a little disorganized, um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to touch that honestly. Um, no, if they were interested, he'd go. And yeah, it's, he would probably prefer Miami. Uh, also, I think the roster in Miami is better than the one in Minnesota, but I could be wrong about that. I just I think it is. Um, but no, I, I don't think that's a possibility right now. I, I don't think that he's going to be high, very high on their lists because there are better candidates that have NFL experience that don't have the knock that he's got uh, that are up there. Um, so no, I, I don't think there's any reality to it. I could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong. I just, when I see people that have covered like the Vikings, for example, for a very long time that put out their list of candidates and he's not on it, that that's what I'm going to go by. You know, things could change. I, and again, I, I could be dead wrong. If I were in that position, I wouldn't hire him. I would not. Um, because you need a detail oriented grinder. And I, I don't think he's currently that. Sid says, but some college, some coaches love the true teaching process of college. I'd much rather deal with college kids than the Antonio Browns. 
Antonio Brown is is a head case, but that's the thing with an Antonio Brown is you can cut him if he gives you problems. Just cut him. He was acting like an idiot, and so he's gone. Uh, there are more divas in college. It, so people don't understand this. I, I'm telling you, NFL rosters are easier to handle as a coach. They're easier to manage because they are grown men with wives and children. Some of them act up. Some of them act like divas. Some of them are locker room cancels. But again, cancers. But you can just if if they act up, you just cut them. If they don't go to meetings, they get fined. You know, if they miss practice, they get fined. You don't have to go chase a kid down who's playing Xbox in his dorm room because he doesn't feel like going to practice today. You don't have to worry about them staying academically eligible because that doesn't matter. Uh, you just you don't have to oversee them the way you do in college. Because largely for every Antonio Brown, there's a few dozen guys that take care of their business every day that go home to their wife and kids every day. Uh, I mean, I mean, look at the Saints' defense. Uh, and not just how good they are, but who they are. I mean, their best player on defense, Cam Jordan, has a wife and four kids. I think it's four kids. You don't have to worry about that guy. You don't have to worry about him at all. He, you know that Cam Jordan's good. He, he's fine. He's a grown man. He's He's got his responsibilities. He's got his people that... And also, if he misses practice, he gets fined. Like, you know where he's going to be, and you know he's going to take care of his stuff. The Mario Davis, same thing. It's different. It's very different. I hear you, though. I mean, Antonio Brown's a nutcase, but there's nutcases in college as well. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I've i seen people reference Lane to the NFL. I'm sure it could happen. Uh, I think if he was offered, he'd be gone. But I don't. I don't think there's anything to it. I could be wrong. I just, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I do think, and we talked about it a lot on the radio show yesterday, and there's a YouTube video that we put out where uh, you can hear Richard and I talking about it. My my extended thoughts are kind of on the back half of the video, so if you want to check that out. Yeah, I'm with you, Chase. I, I just don't see the offer coming. Um, again, I, I could be wrong. I just... NFL beat reporters are pretty damn locked in. And when the guy that covers the Vikings for the local paper there doesn't even reference him, that's who I'll go by. Things could change, I guess. But anyway, uh, you can hear my extended thoughts on it, uh, on um, how I think the constant interest in other jobs is impacting the program negatively. And I understand why fans are a little bit anxious with uh, you know losing staff members and stuff like that. Uh, I get it. I, I do. I think a lot of the problems this offseason can be solved or have been solved. I mean, I think Nick Savage is a great replacement uh, for uh, Wilson Love. I think that Chris Partridge is a guy that Ole Miss fans are going to really fall in love with. And the last time Kiffin and Weiss Jr. worked together, uh, they had a top 15 scoring offense in college football. Uh, so... I understand why people are concerned. I get it. I certainly get it. Um, I would be too, to some degree. The obsessive, not obsessive, the the constant interest in other jobs would bother me. Uh, I know that it's bothered some people, uh, big money people also. Um, 
And I think it's impacted the program. But if you replace your staff members with other good staff members, and like losing Kevin Smith, I mean, that's a lateral move. You can explain away the other two, but that one's that's a lateral move. I know he's from Florida, but come on. Uh, but it's a running backs coach. With all due respect to running backs coaches, they're, they're kind of, you know, you, you can go get another good one. It's not like it's vital to have, it, you know, continuity at your running backs coach spot. So there, there's clearly some things off internally, and they can be fixed, especially if you sign Michael Trigg and Jackson Dart, and, you know, you get somebody like, you know, like a Kevin Falk or some of the other candidates out there are really good and probably upgrades. So reason for concern, I would be concerned. Uh, but there's also uh, an element to giving him the benefit of the doubt, which I think he has earned so far, and uh, to not freak out until things go down. But we'll see. I don't know. I just that I did better talking about it on the radio show yesterday. Uh, so check out that video if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's out there, and uh, it'll be tweeted at just after noon today. So watch it if you feel like hearing more from me on uh, on that. So Chase says, but there are seven openings. By about the time that seventh opening whiffs on all the guys they want, someone may land on at least we will get in the news cycle by hiring Lane Kiffin type. Maybe. The NFL doesn't work like that, though. Um, they, they don't work like that. News cycle is not really in a thing for, for them. I mean, look at who Houston hired. Uh, that wasn't a news cycle hire. Uh, the New York Giants, when they hired Joe Judge, that wasn't a they, – they don't really operate like that. It's a whole different world in the NFL. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you. This was a bit of a long one today, but that's, uh, that's quite all right. Long story short, 39 minutes to say State picked up a talented wide receiver, a plug-and-play safety. I think they need to, to add more help at wide receiver in the portal and go get themselves an offensive tackle. And for Ole Miss, they added a, a plug-and-play uh, safety from Iowa State, a really good pickup. And uh, they have Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg potentially visiting uh, this weekend. And um, if they can sign those guys, it's a big deal. Brown Yeti says, talent trumps assistant coaches, and plus the head coach is the thing that keeps your program in a good place more than anything. Yeah, it, see – it's fair to question because, like, Kiffin gave Durkin his first shot after the thing at Maryland. But also, Texas A&M's a better job. Wilson Love's kind of been a Kiffin guy. But the Oregon strength and conditioning coach job is the best in college football. Uh, Jeff Lebby has autonomy at his alma mater. You can explain that away. So th- there's layers and nuance to this thing that makes it a, a lot more muddy than what some people want to say is, Oh, well, he's just a jerk. Well, maybe he is a jerk, but there's more to it than that. Um, I'm not comparing the two at all. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, Saban's kind of a demanding jerk with his assistants too, right? I mean, you don't have to be super nice guy to to keep your staff. So all of it can be true at once. These guys uh, love Durkin and Levy took better jobs. You're going to have staff turnover. It's fair to be concerned. I think the constant interest in other jobs has damaged the program to some degree, whether it be just from some fans or something that extends beyond that. I also think it's fair to give them the benefit of the doubt based on the hires of the past because they have worked out. And if you can add like a Michael Trigg and Jackson Dart to your already pretty solid portal recruiting class, plus another couple of defensive players that they're going to sign here soon, um, 
the offseason from hell, as some people have called it, wasn't that at all. So layers and nuance are not good for retweets and stuff. You know, it's not good for getting clicks because if you're layered and nuanced, uh, you don't generate strong reaction from people that are just mad at you. And that's what gets hate clicks. And maybe I'm doing this all wrong. But anyway, anyway, thank you guys. I'll uh, I'll be back tomorrow morning, and uh, I'll let you know what I decide about the night thing. I, I I think for now we'll just stick with this until uh, until proven otherwise. But thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe, Michael Borky on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Like the video as well, and uh, watch the YouTube video. It's coming out later from Richard and I on the radio show yesterday. Uh, for Ole Miss fans anyway, State fans, I don't think you have to really watch that. It's more of it's an Ole Miss based conversation. So unless you want to hear about the turmoil in Oxford, you know, but anyway, check that video. Out. It'll uh, it'll be out at twelve thirty is when I have it scheduled to come out. So, okay. See you guys tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.